Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 84. 84, guys. How are you guys doing? How's everyone? I'm doing okay. I'm alive. <laughs> Yesterday, which was a Saturday, I um, accomplished going the most miles that I've ever gone before in my running history. I did oh, wow. 30 miles. And I wow. am running very loosely. <laughs> I actually, I, I do a run-walk. Um, interval so I run a minute and then I walk a minute and I did yes. that for the first 26 miles and then the last four miles I was like I'm it got hot yesterday it was already it was into the 80s and so I was like I'm just I want to hit 30 um so 26.2 is a is the distance of a marathon so I did that walking and running and then at the last four I'm like I just want to hit the mileage and so I walked the last four miles and the last four miles were the worst because it was so hot out but I I have it in my head that I want to do an ultra race and like some ultras there's 50 there's 100 there's even like I don't know, like crazy numbers out there of people who, and people who are much faster runners than me can get it done like in a a considerably shorter amount of time than what I did. But for uh, me, it took me about eight hours to go 30 miles yesterday. And then I come home and I look on my Facebook and there's this older gentleman who is on this running Facebook group that I'm in. He's like, today I ran two marathons, one in the morning and then another one in the afternoon. And his his time was like, um, it was like three hours and 20 minutes or something per marathon. I was like, it took him less time to run two marathons, 26.2 <laughs> miles each than it did for me to go 30 miles. <laughs> oh my God. But I finished it. I did it. And I, um, I'm going to continue working towards that goal. My goal, I want it to be 50 before I'm 50. So, um, I'm 48 right now. So we'll see. <laughs> I ha- and this year's already more than halfway over. So I have a little under a year and a half to do it so but yeah. that's why I'm just saying okay because I think my body is just still kind of in recovery and it's, it literally just wants to lay down and sleep <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool what about you Jay? what's up with you um nothing much I mean just uh, more of the same oh uh I'm playing a new video game called uh Hades and it's uh it's consumed my life uh it's really really good i was talking to christine about it earlier but it is uh, a roguelike dungeon crawler game where you play as zagreus the son of hades and you have to fight your way through uh through dungeons to make your way to the surface so very simple in design but the game is so well done like the art is incredible the dialogue is incredible even the fights they don't get repetitive even though you have to keep doing them, they're a lot of fun because you get different types of weapons that you can use and different kind of like um, uh, different um, uh, different abilities that you can mix and match. So it makes it um, uh, different and interesting every single time. But uh, it honestly, what has me most swept up is the dialogue between the characters. I've purposefully lost this game so I could go back and talk, continue talking to some characters. <laughs> so it's it's like it's quite literally 
easy serotonin for me and i have been playing it now i actually okay this this is how bad it's been i played the game for 32 hours straight with like, oh my god yeah there wow. was like a three there was like a three hour nap somewhere in between there and like a couple of breaks to give my hand but i literally had to put the game the whole game down for a whole day because my hands hurt so much <laughs> oh my from god playing <laughs> like That's that was crazy. like uh yeah and i'm still playing it i still haven't technically beat it but um, um but it's a lot of fun it's oh my god it's so much fun i cannot what platforms uh is it available on uh it's available on the pc and on the switch okay i still i'm gonna ask santa for a switch this year <laughs> they're really honestly the switch is so so versatile and so easy like i carry it in my purse like that's yeah. how yeah that's how easy it is to carry i've seen people like uh mostly guys who have the, like deep pockets fucking uh-huh. just slap it into their pocket and like take it with them uh it's uh it's an it it's a it's a really fun thing and there's just a lot of indie games uh, on it as well, but there's oh, also cool. like super major Nintendo exclusive ones. Um, um, uh, so it's just I highly recommend getting the Switch. And like there's there there's um, uh, some available, and there's like some problems with like Joy-Con drift. Uh, but that can uh, Nintendo has. Yes, like- I was talking to somebody about that the other day. They were packing up their thing and sending it away, and they said these words to me, and I'm like, "What are you saying? What are you talking about?" So they explained to me about um, about how they stick and that it makes it really hard to play, and that they were sending it into Nintendo to get them replaced. Yes, and Nintendo does it for free because they admitted that this is a design yeah. uh, fault, uh, design fault, and so they you can turn them in for free. And uh, and get them like get new ones. So that's really cool and very generous of Nintendo to do. Yeah, uh, for sure. Because most, I mean, I know for a fact Sony and your Xbox um, uh, would be like, uh, "There's something wrong with the PS4. Tough luck. Yeah, uh, buy a new one. <laughs> yeah, buy a new one. For, <laughs> pretty much. So it's uh, I highly recommend getting the Switch. It's really good. And Lord knows I've dropped it enough times and it still has survived. So nice. it's um. Uh, it's uh it's it still has that uh nintendium uh certification <laughs> <laughs> well for me i'm getting ready for inktober so oh yes are you gonna do it this year yes i'm i'm really it, all signs point to yes so so i'm getting uh like a list of the characters i'm gonna do um and then the medium i'm gonna do them in uh, just to have everything ready, like set up, so that I could just film it and then just put it in um, fast speed, so we could put them on uh, Instagram. So I'm gonna do Inktober with my great. with my stick pics. <laughs> <laughs> Those are awesome, though. You get people love them. <laughs> you know, I heard some cheese actually about Inktober about some dude tried to copyright the name. And something kind of weird happened, and so a lot of artists are kind of like um, against Inktober. They still they're still gonna do it, but they're like calling it differently. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly what. In fact, I had it here as some. I, oh, I know what you're talking about. It's so, like it's a big deal because uh, the guy who he was he is actually the person who kind of like coined the phrase Inktober. Uh-huh. Uh, but he's also got like, uh, and I forget his name, but he's also got a whole thing going on that he plagiarized another creator's book 
Uh, oh, dang. In his, into his book. And there's like, there's like, of course, people saying like, oh, but it isn't like everybody gets taught this in art school and stuff like that. But no, like the, the design, the layout, the wording in the book is basically almost word for word as this other artist wow and so you like yeah it's like a big deal and he yeah he tried to um um, he tried to what's the word called uh he tried trademark inktober and then and then he was like uh sending like cease and desist stuff to other creators that had inktober uh, on their right. stuff, like for sale. Yeah, he was trying to profit off of other people's art because they were using that as a tag um, uh-huh. or whatever. And so I, a lot of creators were like trying to like speak up for themselves and like defend themselves and stuff. Yeah, so a lot of uh, creators are doing different things now. Yes, his uh, name is Jake Parker. Yeah, that Jake sounds Parker. like a plagiarist. <laughs> Sounds like he plagiarized his name. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, it's a whole thing. I mean, I think I think um, uh, uh, Inktober is cool, and I'm it is. Okay. I um, uh, a lot of artists see it as a challenge uh, that they can do, or like just like a fun, a fun little like gimmick that they can do. Yeah. So, um, uh, and I've seen some incredible stuff come out during mm-hmm. Inktober. Uh, so, but I am, like, I can understand why people are being like, like, no, we're not going to use the term Inktober, we're going to use something else, call it our own thing. But, like, from what I've seen, a lot of artists are, like, boycotting the whole, like, Inktober thing and just going with something else. Yeah. Using the term Inktober. They're still going to do it, but they're just... Right. Yeah, like, um, Javier, uh, just announced today that he was going to start, uh, in October, 31 days of, um, Muerto something or other that he just, um, uh, started. I'm going to look right now what it was, but that reminded me too, Javier Hernandez from, um, uh, El Muerto, um, uh, he's calling his Muertober. <laughs> Muertober 2020, 31 Dias de El Muerto. So um, he's going to start his on the first, and he'll be posting artwork all month long from the 22 year El Muerto archives. Wow, cool. Yeah, uh, well, I'm I'm gonna try to do as many. Th- I mean, th- this is definitely a call out. Like, if you say you're gonna do it, you're gonna have to make a, a, the time slot to do it in and post regularly. So that yes. that's that's good for discipline for me. Yes. So mm-hmm. uh, and and I haven't been practicing, so I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go for it. <laughs> you freaking knocked my socks off last year, or whatever yeah. you did it. You're freaking amazing. Um, when I was looking, I'm like, Sarah did this. Like you, <laughs> you totally don't talk about your creativity um, as far as like painting and whatever. And like when I see you do things, I'm like, why don't you do more of this? You really should. You're really, really talented. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. No, I, I've always wanted to do like a little, you know, like I even have the comic pages to maybe do a comic, like not a big one, just a small one, maybe like yeah. a zine kind of yeah. flash comic book. But I always just start doing something else. And maybe, you know, because of this whole COVID thing, maybe I should just make the time to actually do it. Mm-hmm. I have I have little stories in my head, yeah. but I just don't mm-hmm. put them to paper. 
Yeah. But. Yeah, and right now there's like there's a lot of people like offering like free classes and stuff like that uh because of COVID and stuff like that. Yeah, I actually find YouTube really helpful like when I want to do a more realistic lip or eyes oh, and stuff nice. like like or when I'm like I've never done watercolor, let me see what I can do and then I'll have the water the little cheapy watercolors. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then um I think the only thing you really need to spend on is on paper because it's a certain amount of right. paper. Yeah. And so I'll just switch on the YouTube and then just try to blend as they do like it it you know it takes a little bit of time definitely it takes a lot of time but um i noticed that i'm really good at copying what i see so like oh, yeah, even that's if i pretty good even that's if i skill. even if i can't do something out of my mind and pull it out of my mind into an image i could definitely mimic that arm and that leg and stuff like that so yeah so that that's probably why i don't talk a lot about it because i need to see something in order to reproduce it or reproduce mm -hmm my own art through that view it's weird it's like um yeah no, i mean that's a, that's the entire reason model-based painting exists you need a reference exactly and that's one of the reasons i jumped on the um i, I think it was called the arizona connection it was a panel where uh the guy who draws the um uh, lowriders in space and uh and also Zeke <gasps> Benya. Oh, i love him I yeah. love the writers in space. He's the one that does ballpoint, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. And just listening to that conversation was so amazing. And I was fortunate enough to ask a question on the panel while it was going live and they answered it. And that actually made me feel a lot better because I was like, how do you develop your skill? And definitely one of the things they touched on was actually drawing your representation of what you're seeing until you absolutely do it on your own so mm -hmm. I, I was just gonna say that eddie says that that is exactly how he learned how to draw is that he just did it over and over again he just the comic books he was reading he tried to reproduce it on his own and mm -hmm. and i think the key to anything um to improve upon is just doing it over and over again yeah. yep so, I mean, I, I I guess my brain is wired a little bit differently. I mean, when we do the Las Platicas and I take images from people's websites to put on our um, on our Las Platicas episodes, I feel like I'm stealing their image. Like, you know, so my mind is it just kind of wired that way. Like, oh, you know, they worked hard on this. You can't just take it. Uh -huh. so now I ask people, can you share, uh, yeah. you know, uh, uh, an image? Oh, that it's polite. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I, that's that's just I it's guess, how called it. fan art, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that's something I got to remember in the back of my head. Call it fan art, call it fan art, because it really <laughs> is. It really is. Yeah. yeah. No death. All right, guys, and today we're doing La Hora de la Cervecita, right, Kristen? Yes, we are. Today we have a cider, and I picked this up from a local... Um, grocery store i wasn't even there for beer i just happened to be in the beer aisle and the can stuck up to stuck out to me because it was bright yellow and orange and it said hibiscus and in case none of you um know uh jamaica is my favorite awa and so anything hibiscus i love hibiscus tea um i love hibiscus flavored anything and so it stuck out to me and um i was like oh my god we're gonna try this so it's actually an apple cider um but it is hibiscus session apple cider and it is from stem ciders now i don't know 
where stem ciders is um, out of I actually didn't look up that information so I'll have to add it after the fact it says oh it's in Lafayette Colorado here you go it was just in the small little section of the can that I didn't see so it is a cider it's only 4.3 percent alcohol by volume so it's not that strong of a cider but um I hope that it's yummy, uh, hibiscus-y. Um, I actually, funny backstory of this, um, this is the second time we bought a four-pack because the first time um, I had it in <laughs> here and I was going to give one to uh, both Sarah and Jen, and then I gave one to Jen, and then the one I gave to Sarah, Sarah thought was for Jen, so Sarah gave it to Jen, and then um, Jen was like, oh, a cider and she drank it <laughs> so I did. Had, and then i had one in the in the um refrigerator that i was saving and then my husband's like oh a cider and he drank it so, yep. <laughs> so um everybody didn't have any ciders anymore so we had to go back and buy more so here we are we're going to drink stem cider hibiscus session apple cider and it does say on the can that is semi-sweet so check, oh, check out this color. Really check out this Ooh, color. Ooh, look at that. Ooh. I thought it's beautiful. And it has these little like carbonation it looks like, bubbles. It looks like Agua de Jamaica. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. And these little bubbles are bubbling up. It, it's really, it's an attractive beverage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm and it's really delicious, actually. It's refreshing us. Okay, guys, it's still warm Ooh. over here. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. It's still hot. It's really good. And this mm -hmm. is actually a perfect beverage for this weather. So I am not a fan generally of ciders. Me neither. Um, because of the sweetness. I'm just like, oh, it doesn't really sound very appetizing to me for some <laughs> reason. But this is really good. It does say semi-sweet. So that is um, uh, not, you know, overly sweet. I think it's super mm -hmm. cool how you're tasting the hibiscus, but you're also tasting the apple in there. And you, I mean, as far as I can tell, it doesn't feel like it has any kind of alcohol. So um, I could yeah. totally drink like a six pack of this. <laughs> yeah. Well, it comes yeah. in four packs. So either four or eight. So you got to choose. And I just, for the first time, this is the second four pack that I <laughs> have. And for the first time, I noticed that when you turn the can around, it's in Spanish. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God. That? A, how funny. Everything. Mm -hmm. So, apparently, how you say cider in Spanish is sidra. Sidra, yeah. Sidra. It is semi-dulce. Yeah, semi-dulce. <laughs> well, I mean... Like I said, I like learning stuff, and, and this can just taught me how to say cider in Spanish. <laughs> so I, I, just for that, it gets an extra point. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk, and, and speaking about points, we've got to remind everybody um, of our rating system, which is a five-point system, um, one being flaccid, two being initial, three being partial, four being full and a five out of five is rigid and if something is off the charts it is super saiyan so um one of these days i am going to is that a dragon ball reference yes it is yeah. <laughs> one of these days i'm going to either read and or watch dragon ball just so that that 
just so that our Hora de la Cervecita rating system means more to me. <laughs> I say watch it in Spanish. That's my suggestion. Oh, yeah, you were talking about that the other day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so Sarah, what would you give Jamaica Sidra de Manzana? You know what? I This isn't a high alcohol. This isn't a beer. This isn't a lot of things, but you know what? I'm going to go rigid on this. It's refreshing Ooh. AF. It nice. has a beautiful color. It's It goes down smooth. It has a lot of flavor, and it has possibly given me a whole new set of eyes towards ciders. Nice. So where I would skip them in the aisles be- before, I will me probably too. take a good look now and yeah. check them out. Uh, just an added uh, bonus. It says right here on the side of the can, it is also gluten free. <laughs> oh my God. See, perfect score. Perfect. <laughs> yep. So I actually, um, I am also going to give it a rigid because um, it's really, really good and refreshing. Mine, it's been sitting here for a while waiting for us to get to it. So it's not cold, cold. But even at the temperature that it's at, it's like, I really like it and it's the perfect amount of sweetness and I I can kind of taste that there is alcohol in it but neither one of them is overpowering and the Jamaica flavor is just super super yummy um, mixed with the apple so I love it I'm glad I randomly found it and actually I'm happy that we were able to find it again, which means that my local sh- my local grocery store is going to hopefully keep this in stock. So I found it at a Ralph's. I don't know if there's any Ralph's around you, but um, even if there's not, it seems like um, it's widely distributed um, from Colorado. So I would um, ask your local grocer um, to stock it. Most definitely. I, it's, uh, and I know that. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I know that you drank this in the past and you don't have one today, but do you do remember enough of it to um, give it a rating? I do. And uh, I'm going to give it a rigid uh, as well because I really, really liked it. I, I But I liked ciders uh, to begin with. Um, um, I really like this one because it was semi-sweet. Like a lot of problems that people have with ciders is that they're too sweet for them. Yeah. Uh, but this one was very perfect and it's the in it same policy as with awas and stuff like that and awa that's too sweet is not good yeah and this uh, but this one and this one if it was a if it was like if it wasn't semi-sweet i don't think it would have tasted good mm-hmm. i think it would have ta- i think i would have tasted uh more just the apple cider and none of the hibiscus yeah because it would have overpowered it uh so it was really really good it was super refreshing because i drank it on a hot ass day uh, yeah. So it's uh, it's perfect for um, uh, honestly, yeah. I could like knock these back, no, no doubt. <laughs> Especially when it's a hot day. Now it's on a, a good... on a side note, I know you drank that drank one. How did he like it? I didn't ask him because I was mad. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask him if he liked it. I was just like, you drank my fucking beer. <laughs> it's not yours. You're not supposed to be drinking stuff that's sweet, anyways. You're supposed uh, to be drinking. <laughs> oh, oh, that's that's too bad. But um, yeah, no, I, and I could see why you were mad because it's delicious. Mm. It was good. <laughs> that too. I was like anticipating. I was like, I was already, I was already tasting it again, and then nope. 
<laughs> All right, guys. So that has been our rating. It's uh, been a rigid all around. Yep. All right, guys. It's now for Chisme de la Semana. And today on my Chisme, I got some Chisme, guys. So apparently, uh, back in March, they announced the casting of Peter Pan. Uh, they cast... Uh, Wendy and Peter Pan back in March and they're saying that the director is going to be David Laurie. He has done uh, Peep's Dragon and The Old Man and the Gun, which are the only ones that I recognized. Uh, he did something about a ghost. I didn't like that movie at all, but okay, we'll see what he does with Peter Pan. Um, but just recently, we found out who is going to be Tinkerbell and Tinkerbell is, gonna, is being cast as Yara Shahidi, and if you don't know who that is, uh, let me tell you, she is the uh, main character in Gronish, and Gronish is a spinoff from Blackish, and Blackish, she she is Zoe, the eldest of the um, of the family who goes off to college, and that's actually where Gronish um, takes off from because those are her college years, so. I'm very excited. I love her as an actress. Uh, she also was in the movie The Sun is Also a Star, and that she was also the main character in that movie. And oh, that nice. one you can find in Hulu. As, as I think, yes, it's streaming right now on Hulu. Oh, okay, cool. That is my chisme. I'm very excited. Um, I don't know who the other two kids are because they're young, and I don't know who they are. But you know what? <laughs> uh, if 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 uh, was come uh, see mom. Julia Roberts in her 30s can play Tinkerbell. Yeah. Was she in her 30s, really? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm joking. Oh, I'm being... like, that was so long ago, who knows? <laughs> she's, <laughs> what is she, 50? No. Um, like, no. She still looks, th- she's in her 30s. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I don't know how old she was, but I mean, I, I thought that casting was really weird, but it turned out really well. Yeah. Ro- Robin Williams really carried that movie yeah. very well. Dustin Hoffman, oh my God, so good. Yeah. The only kid I didn't like was the little boy. Didn't like him. I don't remember <laughs> the little boy. Yeah, I, I just I didn't like him. I didn't like him as a character. Okay, whatever. Anyway, I know <laughs> I know Kristen, you have some cheese as well. Yes, I have some cheese as well. Um, kind of also Disney related as Peter Pan is. Um, Disney Plus has announced that they are going to be starting to move forward with a Nick Fury series um on their disney plus streaming and it is going to reportedly have samuel l jackson reprising his nick fury role now um while i love samuel l jackson and i love his nick fury i'm very worried about (laughs) (laughs) about him taking on this role i mean hopefully it is an older Nick Fury because in the last couple of Avenger Endgame whatever uh, major MCU movies watching Nick Fury try to run was very painful (laughs) you know I thought I was the only one that felt that way honestly his age was painfully obvious yes yes so um, maybe he should have trained for just that running scene. Yeah, that's that's something I would do. Like I'm yeah. gonna run, <laughs> I'm gonna sprint, and so therefore I need to train. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very excited. I like I said, I love Samuel L. Jackson. I'm I'm interested to see where this is going. I am 
so, so, so ready for Disney Plus to get their freaking Marvel shit together. <laughs> I don't know if either of you have seen the WandaVision trailer, but it is amazing AF. Oh my really? God. For whatever That's the one I, I'm most excited for. For whatever it was that I thought it was going to be, which I was already excited about anyway, it exceeded my expectations. It blew them out of the freaking water. It looks so amazing. And it is reportedly um, taking place after Endgame. So that is super interesting when you actually see and there's actually some dude on YouTube that broke all the scenes down and kind of is like um, trying to um, uh, assume what this means and what that means and also what it means for the MCU as a whole. I cannot wait. And WandaVision actually finally has a release date of December 2020. So I cannot wait. Whereas Nick Fury, it says it'll be coming soon. So who knows? That could it, soon in Disney slash MCU terminology could be like five years. <laughs> yep. That's so about right. record Samuel Jackson running now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, it's time for our book review. What are we reviewing today? So today we are actually reviewing uh, an online comic, and it is from Webtoons. Uh, it is done by Studio Nostos, uh, Nostos which is a Venezuelan uh, art studio, and uh, it is run by Dan and Anne. And uh, not only do they do the book that we are, the or the comic that we're reviewing, She Booms in Autumn, but they also have something else called Belle and the Beast and the Dark She Brings. Uh, and uh, on their, they have a Patreon, but on, on their Patreon it says, our goal is to make stories that make people feel less alone in this world. Uh, they spend their days planning stories, writing scripts, doing layouts, inking, coloring, lettering, translating, and managing their social media just between the two of them. Wow. And uh, they do it for free because Webtoons is free. The Webtoons has uh, this aspect where you can fast pass uh, or like pay money to like access uh, their most current stories until they become free. And then new stories taking that place. They don't even have that. It's all available. Oh wow! Yeah, all of their store like they they just have it up for free. Whatever they put out is available. So uh, their Patreon, uh, they have uh, you can support them on there. But uh, they um uh, and they have of course like uh, perks and stuff that you can get like merch and wallpapers and stuff like that and access to some of the their creative process and stuff like that but they are uh they are a small art studio and they have made this wonderful comic called she blooms in autumn yes i'm gonna take it away here because i am upset at you jen very upset <laughs> it turns out that i am now addicted to color street because of kristen and now i'm addicted to webtoon because of jen now webtoons i seriously oh, was always <laughs> i was really negligent to start looking at comics there because uh you know i'm not really a big fan of reading comics online or in digital format uh when i uh when i back a kickstarter i always hope that they are offering the actual physical mm -hmm. um book 
because I just mm -hmm. I just like that better. <clears throat> That's my preference. But webtoons, the way they've designed how you can actually read the story is so good and so user friendly and not complicated at all. I just mm -hmm. completely fell in love with it. I fell mm -hmm. in love with how this story was told and how I wasn't as the reader, digital reader wasn't um, taken out of the feeling of the story and the story uh -huh. is amazing it is so good it it to me it feels like a poem and the art just mimics that it's so beautifully written and beautifully drawn i just i i when i initially saw that there were nine uh issues out i thought oh my god this is a lot but <laughs> it's so good that and i love the little cliffhangers they have after each issue yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. just, it was, uh, it, it just, I don't know how to say this, but it, it, it was so, it flowed beautifully right into the next issue, just beautifully. And I really loved that one, uh, kind of a tribute to the, um, essential workers out there when they were mm -hmm. talking about COVID. I thought that was amazing. And the thing is, it's, uh, you have, you have a ghost, uh, well, there's this guy named, what is his name? I, I forgot. Uh, I'm uh, I'm gonna read the summary of the story that okay. is available to read for it, uh, and it reads: Do we forget about the what the love once were dead? What happens if we remember? Open your eyes to the unseen, mysteries and secrets long kept from the living. In this world, romance may bloom in places where everything else seems to fade away. Charming and thought-provoking, She Blooms in Autumn is a story that sets a path, the return from oblivion into love to live again once more. And it's about a ghost. It's about a ghost and a graveyard keeper. Um, uh, and the way that the story opens is, uh, is there's, uh, there's this girl, and she, you can tell she's a ghost because she's drawn very thoroughly and in green, whereas opposed to everybody else who's like a, like, flesh colored and like um, um and like full of like i guess like full of life and they did a good job distinguishing that yeah um and uh we meet her and we meet uh this graveyard keeper i forget his name right now leon, I just out on leon yeah yes uh and it takes off from there uh sarah do you want to pick up again yes uh so we see leon who is basically um uh, putting flowers on on gravestones like in in their vase um but he does he's not visiting anyone in particular he's just doing that for everyone because everybody should be remembered and this kind act catches elena the ghost's eye because she, she's there but she kind of it kind of like brings her into see this guy's different you know this guy um this guy has a sense of caring for these people who have passed on who he probably never met and i think that says a lot about him as a character but later on in the story we do read why he did that um and um kind of we go in a flashback into his childhood when he would go visit his mom with his dad and um just and even in the entire story you get the feeling that leon kind of like does not like actual society or going out or he's kind of not the regular guy he kind of like loves being alone or you know in silence you know like just kind of introverted a, yeah kind of a really a rare breed kind of guy and um then we meet uh, another fellow his name is bernard and he uh, he sometimes hangs around the grave at uh, the grave the 
cemetery and talks to Leon. And uh, there's a, it's a beautifully told story. And, you know, some of the panels don't have dialogue or anything, but there's a lot of, and I love the art style because sometimes you don't have to draw the face in order to show the feeling. You could just show it in the way the body is drawn. And I see that a lot in this book. And I just, I really love the story. It was, it's, it's moving. It's, it's moving. It's, it's uh, poetry. It's beautiful. Melancholy, I think I would call it. Yeah. Yeah. What about you guys? Well, I, um, had the exact same <laughs> aversion to webtoons. I have avoided reading comics on webtoons and I've heard of webtoons and I knew about them. Um, and I was like, no, I don't want to read comics online because for me, a lot of times it entails enlarging the page so that I can see one panel at a time and then just like kind of skipping from corner to corner so that I can actually read the words because they're so small. Um, but the other day I couldn't sleep and I was like, I better just, uh, might as well. Actually, I thought to myself, you know what puts me to sleep? Reading. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna read this web too on my phone and I don't care that I have to, you know, make it larger or whatever. Let me just do that. Well, I was freaking shocked and amazed that I didn't have to do that, that the panels are actually um, optimized for reading on your phone. Um, honestly, if I had an iPad, that would have been even better because then it would have been bigger and I would have been able to um, even appreciate it even more. But even on my iPhone, it was perfect. And I was able to read them and just you scroll up with your thumb and you read panel to panel like that. And it was that in itself already had me one over, but the art, and you guys all know that, uh, and maybe because I have to focus on just one thing like this, I it was actually forcing me to appreciate the art a little bit more, but it was so great. It was just so beautiful. And um, Jen, you used the term um, ethereal. That 100% describes um, not just her character, but the whole entire feel of the comic. Yeah. And I just loved it. And there's so, we, yeah, we read nine issues and nine issues went so quickly. I wanted so much more. And there are so many little mysteries still um, mm. dropped throughout these nine issues that I want more answers to. And so yeah. um, I really enjoyed the way that the story is kind of highlighting the the loneliness of each of the characters and leading them to each other to kind of like um to to work that out in a way um and then the the necromancer dude was, <laughs> was yeah kind of like a awesome addition and um i really uh, enjoy that as well uh-huh uh it's it I really loved it. And I actually came across uh this webcomic because I'm on webtoons a lot. Uh usually because when I'm going to work or when I'm bored or in I'm always on my phone. Um uh it's uh I'm I'm just on webtoons a lot. And sometimes I go like a couple months without opening it and then I'm like, Hey, uh I just suddenly remembered this comic and let me go back to see if it's updated or not. And most of the time it has, and I have a bunch of new content to read uh, on it. So it's a lot of fun, but I came across this one because uh, Webtoons has a, a kind of like 
daily promotions on their app as well. And this one was specifically part of a Latinx uh, comics uh, list that they had compiled uh, so to, ce- to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. So they, com- they compiled 20 comics that were made uh, by Latinx or Hispanic creators, uh, and they put them up. And so I saw this one, and just the art itself on the thumbpage uh, drew me to it. And um, um, I joke about this a lot, about how I love feeling sad. That's uh, it, not really true. I love, uh, I love being able to relate to uh, similar sadness, but then knowing that these people get alleviated from it, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what you see in this comic. It's very, me- it's very melancholy. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's sad, but it's like it's a bittersweet sad because yeah. you can't help but want the want these characters to not be alone, and you can you yourself can see how this is going, but you kind of want to jump to it to so be like, you're like, oh my god, please just like. Yeah, just just hang out with each other and the way yeah. the comic is made it's very much like snapshots into their lives kind of thing because at first in the beginning of the, of the comic it was very kind of one shot like each each um, each um, issue could almost be read on its own it isn't until like um, uh, some of the later issues where it kind of develops uh, an ongoing story but it's uh, I I did like the feel of that, um, and it's really funny because Kristen just mentioned that there's a necromancer, and it seems like an odd thing to just throw in. But this story is about a go is about ghosts and about ghosts living in a cemetery and about uh, this ne- and the necromancer in here isn't necessarily bad. Uh, yeah. There's a there, uh, since I read a lot of literature and stuff like that, um, um, but also a lot of comics. I just read a lot. Uh, an ongoing theme that I see a lot in Latinx uh, or just like Latin American works is the theme of raising the dead or at least seeing the dead. And I don't know mm-hmm. why it's so prevalent in in our culture, but it, it just it just is. Uh, and I really like how they were able to weave that seamlessly into this book as well, in, or into this comic uh uh so well it 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 flowed naturally and i'm very curious to see where they go with it absolutely i'm uh, so good i i mean i can't say and i can't believe it's free too like i feel like i feel like i'm stealing a little bit like i'm (laughs) i'm being given this really great story with great art great storytelling and it's free i'm like wow Mm -hmm. it can't get any better than that i mean they're really talented it looks like they they put a lot of work and effort into this project because it looks really, really beautiful. So you guys, if you guys stop the the uh, podcast right now and go and check out Webtoons, highly recommend it. It's mm-hmm. so good. It's so good. I, and I, like I said, I hated the idea of, of uh, um, reading a comic online. Um, mm-hmm. I actually have comiXology and all that stuff. But oh, I don't like comiXology. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's... I don't know if they've updated it. I haven't used it in a while, but Webtoons definitely is a, a user-friendly way to read web comics, and I really appreciate that. I mean, uh, and this story alone, man, the introduction to Webtoons through this story, I think, will be embedded in my mind forever. It's so, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, just the emotion of a loss of a parent, 
um, the emotion behind even the animals that live with them, like the bird and the cat. And I mean, there's just so much feeling there. I, I really, okay. I really love the story. Mm -hmm. They certainly captured an atmosphere that I, that I really like. Uh, and I really like it. And I mean, uh, I think what Webtoons has managed to do is that they've managed to streamline a comic. So that it's, the, the reason I hate comicsology and actually why I don't really like Kindles or reading books online is because it is doing its best to mimic a, a hard, book. a book, like, a, like the hard, uh, hard copy edition of it. And yeah. I'm like, why do I want that when I can just go and buy the real fucking thing? Wow. Like it's, uh, and, and not to mention, but me specifically, I have like eye issues. So I just, I just, I can't read uh like that style for very long mm -hmm. but i can read webtoons for long i can read um uh, like uh not only just fan fiction but also original works that are hosted in sites like this like um, uh, fictionpress.com or on live journal and stuff like that i can read those online because again these systems have optimized to be read on a phone not just on a phone, but like on a on a screen. And the common thing that I see is that you can keep going on. It's like it's the scrolling. They've optimized for scrolling, not for page turning like the Kindle does, like mm -hmm. Comicsology does, mm -hmm. uh, like Comicsology does, and stuff like that. And it's just all like, why do I, like why do I need that function in on my phone? Yeah. I don't need to turn a page. Yeah. Or even like like the fact that you have to turn it and like do like that, I find that so irritating because again, it's doing its best to mimic a book, right. and it's just like I can buy the fucking book <laughs> if like if I want to feel this, I'll buy the book and it's instantly more satisfying. Right. So um, the 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 fact that what webtoons has managed to create is a unique feel to this comics because. Uh, I consider this, I do consider this a comic, but I would still go, like, to the to the comic book store to get my own comic, to get a trade paperback and stuff like that, because they're different mm -hmm. um, in how they've managed to do. Or, like, uh, last time we, we reviewed Booza, and it's actually on Webtoons as well for free. Uh, but I still didn't mind buying it, because how she redid the pages made it feel more like a classic comic. And I didn't mind that. And she also added like a bunch of details and stuff like that, that you, that I honestly would have felt a little weird in Webtoons itself because it would have cut the flow uh, or would have flowed differently. So there's, there's just these things as well, because the, the comics for Webtoons can be rearranged. They, uh, a lot of the creators actually say that how they make them is first as kind of like a large comic and then they cut it up so that it can flow on the Webtoons app better. And then when they want to do like a Kickstarter or make a book about it, they just rearrange everything again uh, and make it into a print copy. So it's, uh, it's definitely its own medium that I think works really well. And it's just, and it's, it's different enough that even when I'm reading it on Webtoons, but then I buy it like as a Kickstarter book, they, they feel different. So mm -hmm. I'm. I think. Uh, I think it. Uh, it does a really good job. Excellent. I couldn't explain it any better than what you just did. Um, so are we? Are we ready to rate the book? Yes. Yeah. All right. You guys go ahead. Okay. This is Jen, and I'm gonna give it three conchas. 
Excellent. Uh, it, I really love the book. I love the art. I love the feel of it. And I love the story. And I can't wait to read more. This is Kristen. I'm also going to give it three conchas. I want to read more. Um, I loved the art. I loved the story. I'm very excited to find out where this all goes. Um, and I'm actually so, so excited to, I'm giving the whole freaking panaderia to Webtoons because <laughs> I am just in awe of how much I've been missing and how much is actually out there for me and for freaking free. Like if you're not, if you're listening right now and you're not in the back of your head making a mental note to go check out Webtoons, um, then I just don't know how else to encourage you because I mean, I'm hoping you're listening to our podcast because you're all, you're interested in comics and this is just an amazing way to learn about new creators and new properties and then to potentially support them through their Patreons or Kickstarters. And so um, definitely, definitely, please do not um, go one more day without checking out all the awesome stuff on Webtoons. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to agree with Kristen, and I'm going to also give this comic uh, – th- oh, wait, she Webtoons was the whole panaderia. Okay, no, the comic for me is the whole panaderia because for me it felt like something, like a memory. Like I felt like this was something that I felt when I was maybe in high school. Like it feels like something familiar <laughs> to me. And and I really, really love that. Like they tapped into a part of me that I probably had forgotten all about. But I really, really enjoyed the story. The art is amazing. Um, so I will continue reading this for free, even though I feel guilty. So I'm probably going to support mm-hmm. them on Patreon. So mm-hmm. it's the whole panadria for me, guys. That has been a rating. All right, guys, it's time for On My Radar. And guess what? I have another On My Radar. I have a On My Radar. Um, it is this TV series called Woke. W-O-K-E. Woke is a comedy slash animation show. Uh, it's it's uh, you can see the first um, the first season on Hulu. It's a Hulu um, original, mm-hmm. yes. And it's actually inspired by the life and work of artist Keith Knight. Uh, it's uh, this comedy series woke takes an absurdly irrelevant look at identity and culture as it follows Keith. You got that right. It's not Keith. It's Keith. I thought that was funny. <laughs> uh, an African American cartoonist, cartoonist, finally on the verge of mainstreaming of a mainstream mainstream success. Then something unexpected happens and changes absolutely everything. Um, in this in this actual show, uh, after this really incredible thing, awful thing happens to him, he then becomes woke and. As he becomes woke and he realizes he is a, he uh, this is happening to black people in America and also to him, and and all of a sudden like he's really concerned about this. Something else happens in his life where inanimate objects start to talk to him. So his pen starts to talk to him. Uh, the forty of the forty of beer at the liquor store talk, start talking to him. The trash cans start talking to him. <laughs> Mailboxes start talking to him. And there, and this is right before he he's gonna attend a comic book panel of his very first panel in a comic con to announce how his uh, cartoon, which is called uh, Butter and Toast, is going to be. 
become an animated series. But all this happens to him, and so then he becomes, then he actually kind of self-sabotages himself. But the whole thing is just an amazing show just to watch. Uh, it's 23, 25 minutes long episodes, so you're pretty much going to run really fast through this. And again, it's streaming on Hulu. So that, again, guys, is, is a comedy TV series called Woke. That's on my radar. I want to know, do you laugh every single episode? You know what? Sometimes I laugh cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, oh my gosh, the things that the inanimate objects tell him or <laughs> when, oh he's try, when he's trying not to fight with them in public. It's uh -huh. just, oh my God. Oh, it's, I really want to check it out. Um, it, sounds it sounds really funny. funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's really good. And it also tackles... You know the real things that are happening. Yeah. It takes place in Sandy, uh, San Francisco, California. So oh, okay, yeah. Oh, San it's Francisco. San nice. Francisco. <laughs> and also on my radar, Kristen, what do you have for on my radar? So I this week have a comic book that was released this last Wednesday. Um, it is September, whatever September, it, the twenty third, I believe it was. 23rd yes um so it is called miles to go and it is published by aftershock um publishing company and it is um a comic um uh, that is i read it and i was just like oh my god this is so good and there's so much happened in the first issue and after i finished i was like okay i need to know what i added it to my pool i was like i can't miss it i want to continue reading so the little blurb that Aftershot gives for Miles to Go says, Family can be complicated, especially for someone whose father figure was an assassin who trained her to follow in their blood-stained blood footsteps. But years after her last kill, Amara Bishop has to remember everything her mentor taught her in order to stay alive and keep her daughter safe as well. Welcome to the complicated, deadly world of Aftershock Comics' new series, Miles to Go. Um, the wow. story follows Amara Bishop, who spent her formative years as the apprentice to a government-sponsored assassin and is now a single mother struggling to figure out why she's never succeeded at anything in life the way she did at, well, you know, killing people. <laughs> when she and her daughter, Aaliyah, find themselves attacked in their home, she joins an aging colleague of her former mentors and begins to unravel her past as she fights to secure her daughter's future. It was so freaking good. The comic, the first uh, issue um, had flashbacks of her being a young girl and she must have been like eight or nine, like killing people. Trigger warning if that, uh, <laughs> if that um, uh, offends you, but like it was so shocking to actually see that it grabbed me and it was like really early on in the comic and I was like, oh my God. And then I'm like, what am I looking at here? Is this a little person? Is this like, I, <laughs> I, I didn't know what was going on. And then oh, when it was Kristen. actually shown that, no, this was a girl and, and, you know, she was being trained and all this other stuff. And, um, and then you have some like, um, secret service, FBI, CIA, we don't know who some secret operatives that are hunting down um, past uh, assassins. And then her name is on the list. And it is just 
really engrossing. Um, lots of questions that I'm, I have just reading the first issue. And now we throw in the complication of her being a single mother and, you know, wanting to keep her. She has a family. She has her ex. She has a daughter now. And, you know, to keep her, quote unquote, family safe and, you know, things are going to start happening. It just was really good. And I really love Aftershock uh, anyway as a publishing company. They have such amazing titles. Um, and so I just am super excited to continue to read Miles to Go. It is only on its first issue here at the end of September. So please go to your LCS and um, add it to your pool because it is just really good. It That's sounds awesome. really good. Yeah. And now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? Well, today I actually have something that builds upon uh, something that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, which was um, Marvel's voice. Marvel Voices was going to be doing uh, a tribute to uh, indigenous creators and indigenous characters. Um, but what I just newly learned is that they are going to be having um variant covers drawn and colored and by this uh this certain uh creator his name is jeffrey and i'm sorry jeffrey that i'm going to butcher your last name but it's verege verege it's v-e-r-e-g-g-e -E -G -G -E. um and um they are going to show um these variant covers his art of these characters and they are so freaking amazing they are going to showcase um the the characters they're going to showcase are black panther spider-man black widow iron man captain america hulk and thor and also danny moonstar i don't know who that is it's a character that I, I don't know who that is. I'll have to look it up. But um, I also saw one of Black Widow and I saw one of Kate Bishop. So um, Jeffrey is, uh, is a uh, indigenous creator and his style is freaking amazing. So oh, it's beautiful. Uh, and when he was, when he was, um, interviewed um he basically says the story of the hero is an ancient one starting with the very first cave drawings artists and writers from across the globe have both captured and shared the fateful acts of their people's heroes so um he says being from the pacific northwest my own people the Sklalem tribe has used the art style known as form line to record and share the stories of our people since time immemorial the art style i use in my own work today is an extension of the same shapes and forms used for hundreds of years by native artists from around that very same region and as a lifelong comic fan artist and native american i am truly honored to work with marvel comics today so I'm telling you, you go look up this dude right now uh, um, when you're listening to this podcast, Jeffrey, V-E-R-E-G-G-E, -E, and look at these covers. They are amazing. Um, when we saw them doing our order, and they're going to be out in November, so you have some time. Go to your local comic shop, and um, first of all, start a pool if you don't already have one <laughs> but if you do add this these variant covers let your um lcs know you want these variant covers because they're so freaking amazing and i'm not even lying they're gonna sell out quickly 
Oh, yeah. for sure. They're beautiful. They're amazing in the colors. It's just amazing. Really beautiful work. Now, I know, Jen, you have in uh, Juntos y Fuertes as well. I do. I've been hanging out on Kickstarter a lot, spending my money. Uh, and this one uh, caught my attention. It was actually on my recommended to me because I've supported enough now that they know what they know how to get me. And <laughs> it is called uh, Speculative Fiction uh, for Dreamers, a Latinx anthology uh, that collects uh, young adult science fiction and fantasy. Uh, so, Speculative Fiction for Dreamers uh, is edited by Alex Hernandez, Matthew David Goodwin, and Sarah Rafael Garcia, and will be the first collection of YA Latinx speculative fiction. It will be published by the nonprofit Ohio State University Press and will be coming out in August 2021. Uh, and uh, their campaign is. Uh, still has as of right now 23 days to go and it's only at about three thousand dollars of the play of their fifteen thousand dollar goal uh and i i love 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 science fiction and fantasy speculative science fiction and fantasy is also really really good and also what an does that mean <laughs> one moment we're, we're gonna get the the real yeah. uh, definition here. Uh, yeah, speculative science fiction. Is that what it was? I mean, yeah, we're just speculating what might happen or what could happen. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it's because it's kind of it's kind of broad. Um, um, let's see. I feel like playing the Jeopardy music in the background. <laughs> <laughs> we we would have if we were in studio because then I would have the uh, the sound effects switchboard, but <laughs> incorpor incorporating it through a microphone does not flow very well. But yeah. this sounds so, really interesting. It's a YA, right? That's pretty. Cool. It is YA. Okay, so speculative fiction is just it's basically what ifs. Okay. It, yeah. It's what ifs. So what if things had gone this way what if things had gone this way what okay. if history was different what if this science was different or what if uh what if this reality or like this mystery and stuff like that it's it's basically speculative fiction is the biggest what if got uh, it okay kind of, kind i've of never thing. heard that term before mm -hmm. and it's just like there's there's like your classic science fiction and fantasy but most when people think science fiction they think star trek uh, mm -hmm. uh like star wars most uh the way that I can put speculative fiction is usually more immediate or more, or sometimes it's about the present, but something had gone different in the mm, past okay. uh, kind of thing. Um, um, or it is about the distant, the distant future, but it's like something that we are currently doing now, like goes, goes as intended or something was done in this current time period that led to this, distant future and how it is now like the 2020 election yeah you can say that like uh, what if like what if trump had never become president and Twice hillary clinton had yeah. won mm -hmm. like kind of yeah kind of thing but that's more like speculative that's speculative fiction but it's not speculative science fiction right, or speculative right. fantasy and stuff like uh -huh. that so it's a it's um um so it's, what if Hillary had won and we made robots of her? There we go. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, you can say that. Uh, so it's um, uh, like I said, it's broad, but I, I, 
I have read some interesting stuff that is secular fiction. Well, so, I am a big sucker for YA fiction, actually. So <laughs> I'm actually very excited about uh, this because I like that it's melding the two together. So, um, mm -hmm. and I like that it's all Latinx creators. And we've been getting a lot of really amazing anthologies from Kickstarter from Latinx mm -hmm. creators. So, I mean, Kickstarter also gets the whole panaderia for being able to put these kinds of projects in front of a wider audience mm -hmm. and so it's called it's for dreamers because it's the book is dedicated to uh, dreamers mm -hmm. um, um but also it is i believe that most of the creators are dreamers as well uh, and oh, a lot wow. of the yeah a lot of the funds that are that are, that they're trying to collect which is why it's fifteen thousand dollars is their goal is to pay the authors and to help them um uh, as well so it's honestly considering like the scope of it fifteen thousand dollars is not a lot and they yeah. they have three thousand five hundred twenty seven dollars as of right now i've already pledged um uh but they and they they still got 23 days to go they're not even in the halfway mark so mm -hmm. i highly 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 recommend supporting this especially if you're into speculative fiction or science fiction and fantasy or if you just want to support a good cause they've um uh, actually the person who created this kickstarter uh, Matthew David Goodwin, he helped edit uh, another one, the Latin um, uh, Latinx Rising, an anthology of Latinx science fiction and fantasy. So that's just straight up science oh, fiction yeah. and fantasy. And he is actually, uh, he has made a study of Latinx science fiction, and he has a book coming out called The Latinx Files, Race, Migration, and Space Aliens, oh, which will be cool. published uh, by Rutgers University Press in oh, 2021. Wow. So he's the, he's like pretty like he knows his stuff yeah is what i'm saying and so in he seems to have not only created something else that was successful but he has something else that's really interesting too because i for one can't wait for the his book to come out because i will definitely get it that sounds awesome and now it's time for saludos and today we are saludando uh yeah. First, we have several, but the first one I want to touch on is the Latin, uh, the Texas Latino Comic Con that started on September the 26th and is going on virtually. So I know this episode's going to come out way after, but but never fear. You can go on Facebook and follow them and go on all their posts. They have so many panels uh, with great creators, um, and I highly recommend that you go back, follow them on Facebook. It's Latino it's Texas Latino Comic Con 2020, and it's called uh, Texas Latino Comic Con Mi Casa. So, um, yes, definitely give them a follow on Facebook and look at all their wonderful panels. I know it probably ended by the time you listen to this episode, but you could always go back and check out their page on Facebook. We are also mandando saludos a Jules Rivera. And... Um, I actually just picked up the uh, variant cover that she illustrated on uh, the uh, Starburn Studios press, mm. it's the henchman, and she has a variant cover in there. It looks to me like Jules is everywhere. She was also <laughs> on a panel, an interview uh, for the Lati uh, Texas Latino Comic Con as well. So um, she's, she's going places. T tell us about the most recent news we have about Jules, Kristen. 
Well, the most recent and also noteworthy and also like freaking amazing news about Jules is that she just picked up a syndicated comic strip um, and it is called Mark Trail, which is um, an environmentally minded comic strip, which began back in 1946. And it's wow. gone actually through a couple of writers and creators. But this is, I'm, um, I believe, the first time it's going to be drawn by a woman and also so this is the first time um, I'm pretty certain that it is going to be drawn by um, a Latina woman. So um, it is um, definitely amazing. I mean, to be, I think all our, our, all cartoonists um, ha see being syndicated as like this big dream i mean newspapers and that kind of thing aren't as big a deal anymore but there was a time where like that was the goal um uh jim henson and uh uh charles schultz i mean those are like the people that the cartoonists look up to and to me being syndicated just means you got to work harder because you got to get those <laughs> cartoons out once a week. And I see Eddie in here slaving over his desk trying to get one out once a week. It's actually, some of these syndicated cartoons, they used to have little smaller strips every freaking day. And wow. do you guys ever remember um, yes. Caroline in the City? I don't remember Caroline in the Caroline City. Caroline in the City was a, um, was a sitcom. I think it was with Leah Thompson. Am I remembering wrong? But anyway, she was a cartoonist and she hired an artist. She would write it and then the artist came and would draw whatever. And of course, they fell in love and whatnot. But for like the first six seasons, they hated each other. <laughs> but um, she used to stress out because hers was daily and she used to have to stick on this this really strict schedule. And it was just I just always remember that. Um, and I actually when I very first moved to Los Angeles, that was one of the very first TV shows I went to go see recorded live. Oh, wow. You know what? I do remember now, now that you're mentioning it like that, I do remember. It was Leah Thompson, right? Leah Thompson. Okay, there you go. Yeah. And so, um, and it was kind of like a Kathy-esque um, mm, yes. cartoon. And it would actually have some animated parts in the in the TV show yes. where, her cartoon, where her cartoon strip, her comic strip was animated and it would kind of follow like whatever she was going through in life. It was actually, I loved that uh, series. It was really good. Um, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, if you've never heard of Mark Trail, um, like I said, it debuted in 1946. Um, it says, no worries, neither had Jules Rivera. <laughs> uh, so she says in this interview, it's not something that would have made its way um, to my purview. Um, I didn't seek out nature dude comic strips. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm actually super interested to, I was telling Sarah earlier, I'm super interested to see, because when you look at the comic strip, it's just a white family here, very white bread looking with a white bread looking dog and they're out hiking and taking selfies or whatever. And I actually can, I can see uh, Jules style here in this art, which is, I mean, always amazing. Um, I'm really interested to see what, is going to come out of a Latina and especially a Latina like Jules who has very strong opinions and very strong ideas um, and is very strongly cemented in her um, in her ideals and um, uh, social justice uh, as well. I'm so interested and excited to see how that comes out in this 
comic strip. So um, me too. I I am waiting. Uh, I don't know um, how I'm going to access it. Um, what where it's going to be coming out. I'm sure it'll come out also online somewhere. Um, but this is a big deal, and um, to have this happening in her career is just amazing and her style of art is just she's a she's an amazing artist so yeah, um, she's I, I'm really 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 um, excited so um, like I said uh, it says right here Mike Trail was created by one cartoonist Edward Benton Dodd and he worked on it until 1978 so from 46 to 1978 that's yeah. amazing. And then it was taken over by Jack, Jack Elrod, who initially initially came on board in 1950 to assist with artwork. And then uh, James Allen took over in 2014, and he continued until just August of this year. So she's coming on um, after a string of uh, men, and I'm assuming white men, but I, I mean, I, I don't, I'm just going by names. And like I said, it's just awesome. So um, she says uh, she doesn't take her take on Mark Trail as a reboot. Instead, she's describing it in classic Jules fashion, a blow up. <laughs> <laughs> see that? I can totally Honestly, see I'm that. just excited to see. I'm just excited for that. Uh, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be interesting so in in case you didn't know this was actually pretty interesting to me um she says she's gonna have a bigger focus on the characters and themes of the strip but with a modern sensibility which let her put her degree in electrical engineering wow i didn't know that Uh and background in stem to use i had no idea Wow. wow that is amazing Dang, Jules. Yeah, yeah she's so creative and talented my god yeah, yeah. And, uh, what and what a you know like an ensemble so you, she's an electrical engineer she's a writer uh she's an artist and she's a kind of a fashion forward she makes her own uh, outfits mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i mean my god wow <laughs> I'm floored. I can't believe she has all these titles to her name. That's just amazing. I and mean, if you can't, yeah, if you can't wait to read Mark Trail, um, she also has a slice of life, slice of life webcomic called Love Jewels, and that's J O O L Z. So um, you can Google Love Jewels and um, probably access her webcomic online. Awesome. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode, episode 84. Where can they find us, girls? You can find us on Facebook at Comic Comadres and on Instagram at Comadres e Comics. You can find us on Twitter at Comic Comadres, where you can send us a DM as well. You can email us directly at comadresecomics at gmail.com uh, or... And you can go and subscribe and like our YouTube channel. We just released a new Las Platicas episode. Uh, hopefully, you guys can see it. We post it on our Facebook page as well. But uh, it's a great interview. We had great creators on there, and they interview with us on Zoom. And we post those videos up on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to like and subscribe, like I said. Uh, thank you to Daniel Calvo for being one of the people who have reviewed our podcast on our Facebook post. Uh, we will be sharing that continuously until um, 
Well, until it's the due. Until the deadline. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you for all your support. Uh, we have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.